Hey, this is Sam from Brain Tools, and this is the shortcut version of our Brain Tools podcast, where you get just the Brain Tools, all four of them, uh, nothing else. It's short, practical, and sweet, and I hope you like it. Now we're coming to the Brain Tools section, where we're aiming to give you four practical Brain Tools you can use to help with deception, with lying to yourself, self-deception. But I think it's really important that we contextualize those Brain Tools before we give them to you. Indeed, Sam. And it starts with Mark Twain. And Mark Twain said this, that if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. (laughs) I think it's it's pretty practical for Mark Twain because lies, as we've discussed in the previous part, is they negatively compound because they're actually like a hydra. And that's how people in history have described it, like a hydra, the, the mythical beast where you cut one head off and then two or three more actually appear. And then because there's so many unintended consequences that come with the lies, the people that you've got to manage, all the different things that you've said, that to maintain it becomes so exhausting that you're eventually going to slip up. And so most of the literature that Sam and I have delved into suggests that self-deception and therefore deception of others isn't that problematic in the short term, right? That one or two times is okay because it's easy to recover, but almost always in the mid to long term, They can lead to social isolation, social ostracization, because at the end of the day, lying is not seen as a favorable trait. If I can't trust Mm. you, I don't want to spend time with you. And therefore, the downstream consequences are are pretty bad. So the focus of today's brain tools is to understand how you first might deceive yourself so that you can pause, you can consider the downstream consequences of deceiving others, particularly those that are close to you. Because the interesting part in all the research is that we are more likely to lie about serious things to people that are close to us, and we're more likely to lie about trivial things to those that we're not close to. And those relationships that we have with the people that we're close to are obviously very, very important for our well-being and everything that life is. Absolutely. And the person that we are closest to is ourself. And I think that sentiment applies equally to that section. So looking at brain tools for lying and deception, one of the problems is often we lie unconsciously. It's really this conscious process of what the lie contains and what it means. And what I mean by that is you you tell someone, oh, I'm feeling sick. Or you say, yeah, yeah, let's catch up. Let's have a beer. You don't really process that that's a lie. It just comes out of your mouth, slips out. And this is a problem because as we talked about before, lying, the frequency of how often you lie compounds and makes it easier for you to lie in the future and also makes it more likely that you're going to lie to yourself or lie about bigger things. So the brain tool and the solution is before you lie, if you're in a situation where you can do this, write the lie down on a piece of paper and write why you're about to lie. Examine it. Why would you want to do this? Well, because we know, as we've talked about before in episodes where we talk about effect labeling, that when you write something down that has an emotional component, for example, writing down the lie, and then you write down the thinking behind why you're about to lie, it actually shifts the resourcing and the processing your brain away from these emotional areas, the amygdala being uh, the primary in, in that network to the language-based areas, uh, Broca's area, Wernick's areas, and also into the neocortex or the prefrontal cortex, these thinking parts of your brain. And when you move these resources away, it's much easier to actually step back and have a look at the lie and say, okay, I'm about to lie to this person because I don't want to hurt their feelings, or I'm about to lie to this person because I'm uncomfortable with telling the truth. And in doing so, you can pause and stop yourself in the moment from telling that lie 
and building that compounding lie habit. So in, in essence, what you're trying to do is really leverage the executive, right? The prefrontal cortex, the place that's responsible 100%. for the lie in the first place, but also can actually remedy Absolutely. it is that same place. And so putting that down on paper is going to shift your attention to actually deciphering what's going on with it, as opposed to the reflex um, that comes with lies normally, where they're just instantaneous and they happen quite quite naturally. I precise, couldn't, literally couldn't have said it better myself. That is spot on. I should just give you my microphone. Just step back. You've got nah, this. We're better as that a was, duo, my friend. Was, we're we're Kobe was, and Shaq. That was crisp. <laughs> that was Steph from the logo. Uh, NBA references left, right, and center. But yeah, exact, exactly that. You are really shifting the brain processing into the executive function, into that prefrontal cortex, just by this process of writing it down. Because writing it down requires you thinking of the language, getting the pen pencil out, examining your thought. So a couple of examples of how you could do this is say you're about to tell your boss, I'm feeling sick. You get a pen and pa- paper out and write down, why am I about to tell my boss I'm feeling sick? Write out your answers. It's probably on the lines of, oh, I haven't done a piece of work or I just really don't feel like working today or I had a big weekend on the weekend and I can't deal with it. And then before you lie, now you can have a look at that a little bit more objectively with a clearer head and say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this because this is not really the truth. And and you have the opportunity to actually tell the truth. Makes a lot of sense. That's brain tool what, number one, right down the line before you speak it, which mm-hmm. Sam, we've designed well to beeline into my second one, which is use a lie diary. To build upon what we said earlier with Bella DePaolo from the University of Virginia in her 1996 study where she basically got people to track their falsehoods. And so for those that sometimes might struggle in the moment to actually depict the lie and you know shift in the, the resources accordingly, it's okay sometimes to look at it retrospectively so that you can understand all the different patterns that sit behind all the falsehoods that you've had. Because in reality, if you ask someone, when do you lie? What do you lie about? Where do you do it? How do you do it? They probably don't know because it hasn't come, as you said, Sam, to conscious thought. And so the solution is really clear here is the simple act of bringing lying to conscious awareness, but particularly across a longer time span, say maybe a couple of days or a week, it allows you to see all the different falsehoods and then create links between them. So you can really understand the root cause and answer the question, why on earth am I actually lying? It's a lie reflection practice. I think that's a really great way to analyze your behavior because there's, there's going to be patterns and links between why we lie and circumstances and environments in which they happen. And putting them down on paper and, and retrospectively analyzing them is such a great way to, to bring it up. Can I ask, how would you go about that? Yeah. So I at the end of the each day, again, you can choose your time horizon, but generally it's yeah. better to do it fresh while it's the day. Put in your calendar, five minutes for you to reflect. And list the lies that you told yourself and other people. And it's really important when you get into that point, you said the word examine, which I totally agree with, is you want to understand what was the emotion I felt at the time? What environment was I in? Who was I actually with? Because we're more likely to lie to certain people, especially when it comes to social standing. Why you think you might have done it? And another one, which might seem very weird, but like whether you were hungry or not. Because again, if you're hungry, sometimes you're more likely to take the path of least resistance to move away from the situation. And then most specifically, what were the, the cues that led to you yourself telling that lie? And when you can understand the cue essentially of what someone said or the environment that you're in, you can then really dissect the root cause. And just to give you a few examples, Sam, like sometimes it's to enhance your social standing, which we were talking about before. 
Sometimes it's because you want to avoid conflict. Maybe because you're much higher in the trait agreeableness where you just want to avoid conflict altogether. Sometimes it's because you want to avoid failure. I don't want to do this because I don't want to feel that failure. And, or maybe, and this is a classic, where you feel like you've been unfairly done by the world, where you're like, I've been unfairly treated. It's your way of, you know, I suppose getting even with the world. And if you can start to just understand the patterns, then it allows you then to actually bring it to conscious awareness and then potentially even tell people about it so that you can move on. Like you had the example before, Sam, about work, someone putting a sickie. Maybe it's because you just hate your job, but you don't see the different mm. patterns that are actually forming. And then there's comes a really clear solution to that problem. So it's almost as if documenting it all out allows you to connect dots between behaviors, intentions, and the lies you're putting out there. Yeah, 100%. And as we spoke about, the attentional spotlight is actually now being brought forth onto your lies, which means you're more likely to create that pause when faced with those circumstances, which comes to your point, mate, of writing it down in that moment so that you can pause and reflect. That's a a really great way to to map, map out your behaviors versus your intentions and to use the writing practice I talked about before, but not actually on a, a longer time horizon and analyze why you lie, where you lie and where those lies are coming from to help prevent those behaviors in the future. Yeah, you're spot on. And like one of those things, if you might be lacking maybe the want to look at your lies in the face, sometimes it's uh, a, a useful thing to talk yeah. to the people around you that you're close mm-hmm. to because I like, again, you speak to your parents, your parents know when you lie and what you lie about to be honest with you, but we never really have that conversation. So it might be worthwhile speaking to them, hey, when do you think I've lied? And so on to open up um, that discourse as well. Again, painful, but totally. it's another way through was, the reality. I was about to say, couldn't imagine many things that are more uncomfortable than going and asking your parents, hey, so when am I a liar? When am I lied? What do you think? That's <laughs> <laughs> an ick. That's a serious ick. But it's one of those things where you, when you do confront these truths about yourself, ooh, how about that juxtaposition? It's so much easier to start to, to work through the, the causes and the reasons for why you do lie. So it's a great brain tool. 100%. And it goes into brain tool number three as well, which is nudge before, not after. Um, yep. And this actually came from uh, Dan, Dan Ali. He was the guy that wrote Predictably Irrational, but it's called The Honest Truth About Dishonesty. And he looked into why people cheat, the behavioral economics and psychology behind it. And there's a mm-hmm. study that is, that's prevalent throughout the entire book um, that really brings into light why people cheat and under what circumstances they do cheat. And the experiment is going to make all math people, especially math people who hate math, um, cringe massively. But they went to solve as many number matrices as possible in a limited time. And what would happen is they get paid for each correct answer. And those who turned in their results, the experiment, right? They could turn it in, average four out of 20, getting it correct. However, in the second condition in which the subjects count up their correct answers, they shred their answer sheet and then they're to tell the experimenter in another room how many they got right. So they don't have to have a physical manifestation or evidence for what they've actually done. And they averaged six out of 20 a 10% increase. And so the effect held even when the amount paid per correct answer was increased. So you increase the incentives, but at $10 per correct answer, the amount of lying went slightly down. Now, the only reason I bring this up, Sam, as a bit of a frame is Ali basically suggests that lying is not a result of some sort of cost-benefit analysis you do in your head. Instead, it is, what we've been saying, a form of self-deception in which small lies allow us to dial up our self-image and still retain the perception of being an honest person, but whereas big lies do not. Mm, so it's 
comes back to that self-protection mechanism concept we talked about before. 100%. Again, the social impact of your lies. And so what was interesting with this experiment is when he did it again, and he actually gave people nudges. And they were nudges before and after that particular experiment. And a nudge is just basically a behavioral intervention that they would do. And so a nudge to, to not cheat works better before than after. So if you are able to strengthen your moral compass or code before doing any particular situation or environment or game, you're less likely to be tempted to cheat and deceived as opposed to after the fact. So when you say a nudge in this situation, just for those who might not be familiar with Dan Ariely's work, what kind of things would be involved? Yeah. So a nudge, for example, could be you having to proclaim at the start that I'm an honest person. Yeah. As an example, right? I'm an honest person, or you would have to write that down on paper. And that's the one that he largely uses, which is basically self-suggestion in this. And I think that forms into what the action set is, especially if you've been using your lie diary and you've also been writing it down, is if you've identified the situations where you are more likely to lie, before you do that, nudge yourself into creating the identity that you want, which is you might say, I promise not to lie, or you might actually sit down and review the negative consequences of lying, or you might look up case studies of people that have actually lied and then the consequences on them. But I think this is a real key thing to prime yourself because one of the things that Robert Cialdini, who author of Influence, has always said is consistency. People like to be consistent. And to your point earlier, Sam, you talked about cognitive dissonance. We want our actions and our identity and thoughts and beliefs to align. And when they don't, then trouble in paradise. I can't believe you mentioned Cialdini. I was just thinking about consistency bias as you were going through that. You've, uh, you've read my mind. But it's it's so true. If you say you're going to do something and then you come to that point in time and you've said, I'm not going to lie, suddenly lying creates that dissonance and that friction and is more painful than if you hadn't have said that in the first hand. Yeah, you're 100% right. So it's just making sure that you create that nudge once you obviously know the situation, right? You have to know yeah. those situations where you're more likely to cheat, lie, and so on. Um, but if you can do that, then you are nudging yourself in the right direction, which is telling the truth. Do you think you could do this on a more micro scale? For example, say you were going into an environment where you thought you might lie. Maybe you're going to work or you're going to a social circumstance where you could be giving some of those white lies and you could tell yourself in the Uber or on the way in the train, you know, today I, I'm not going to lie to people. I'm not going to be a person who lies. I wonder if that could be an intervention on a smaller scale. I think it could be because I think there's a start, well, not a startup now. It's a pretty yeah. big company with Laszlo Bock called hum, Humo. Humo, Humo. Yeah, Humo, yeah. which is talks about it. And they send behavioral yeah. nudges, like it's emails and reminders. And some of those reminders could be, hey, big, like here are your values. Do not yeah. lie. It's just like all those different things and the frequency. So I actually totally agree with you. Those micro nudges. Those micro nudges. But I think importantly, uh, as, as in Dan Ariely's work in Cialdini, that has to come from yourself. It's got more impact if you proclaim something than if someone else tells you it about you. 100%. Good, good, strong brain tool. So that's brain tool number three, which means we're on brain tool number four. And getting back into those moments where we do lie because they often happen, or you've got a lie burning a hole on the tip of your tongue, and you can feel that tension in yourself of about to lie about something and you're about to experience some cognitive dis- dissonance. But rather than lean into that, you avoid the friction in your brain and you mentally put it aside and say the lie and try to forget about it. That happens all the time. So here is a brain tool to help you interrupt that process. It's really, really simple. All you have to do is stop 
and say, hold on, am I lying to myself about this? That's it. Hold on, am I lying to myself about this? Because as I talked about before in writing down why you're lying and examining it, and as you've referred to in the lie diary about really examining your lies over time, your behavior patterns, what, it, what it's doing is bringing that attentional spotlight onto the lie and rather than allowing it to be flow through from brain to tongue to lie out in the open, it's forcing you to engage parts of your brain that cognitively think about the lie and where it's coming from. And it's in a way, it's this process of interrupting the lie pattern and examining it for cognitive reflection. Yeah, it's that, that's that pause, as you said, right? It's just that giving that time for you to um, overcome, let's put it, the reflex and the path of least resistance. And as we said, there's the habituation of a lie. Like the more times you tell it, the easier it does become to do so. But that ability, yeah. as you said, to you know check your dissonance, actually feel that tension and just ask yourself a very simple question. Am I lying to myself? Can create that space. Absolutely. And it's this is one tool I have been using more and more recently. When I notice there, I'm lying myself about little things. You know, I tell myself I'm going to get up in the morning and go for a run at 6 a.m. and it's 12.30 at night and I'm still working. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So I actually check myself before I wreck myself um, because that's bad for your health. Chuck Hello, rapper. <laughs> Jesus. Have you been watching the Eminem Super Bowl times, like Super Bowl show and just going nuts on it? That's <laughs> uh, iced tea, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and I'll ask myself, hang on, Sam. Is this a lie? Are you, am I lying to myself about this? And often the answer is yes. And so rather than setting up this expectation where I'm going to be lying to myself and not carrying out a certain behavior or deluding myself, I'm actually able to bring myself down to more of a truth about what I will do in that situation. And I find that's preventing some of those self-delusions for help from happening. Makes a lot of sense. And those are, what, four brain tools to help when it comes to self-deception. Sammy, shall we go to the top end of the recap? Let's wrap them up. Starting off with brain tool number one, if you're about to say a lie, you're about to tell a lie to someone, sit down, write down the lie before you speak it. Because in doing so, you're forcing that cognitive reflection. The act of writing is engaging the, the motor processing parts of your brain and the prefrontal cortex, executive functioning. And as a result, you'll be able to think more clearly and examine lie before you say it. And that beelines into brain tool number two, lie diary. A lot of the time, we don't necessarily know the lies that we tell across time. And so having a very clear document of all those lies, the circumstances that take place, and just that meaningful reflection with it means that you're more likely to make connections and understand the root cause of why am I lying to myself, which means moving forward, you're more likely to be able to control yourself in those situations and prevent the negative lies from happening. That's brain tool number two, lie diary. And I've got to come in, mate. We're going brain tool number three. Brain tool number three is nudge before, not after. The idea of a nudge is a behavioral intervention. And a lot of the times we want to have an identity that is consistent with the actions that we take. Actually nudging yourself before situations and circumstances when you're more likely to lie is key. It might be saying to yourself, hey, I am not going to lie today, or I promise not to lie. That commitment to yourself means that you're going to leverage consistency bias, which means we want to be consistent across time. And that means, again, less likely to lie. And it's all a probability equation. Brain tool number three, nudge before, not after. 
And if you are unable to nudge, if you're able, unable to write anything down and you find a lie on the tip of your tongue, try using brain tool number four, which is to check your dissonance and simply ask, hold on, am I lying about this? Am I lying to myself about this? Simply doing that in the moment and reflecting on it engages the parts of your brain responsible for cognitive reflection, shifts resources away from the amygdala and emotional processing and actually helps you to, in real time, interrupt the pattern and potentially prevent that lie from happening. And that's brain tool number four, check your dissonance. And Sam, as we wrap this up, what is your 80-20, your big takeaway for the week? My big one is we lie to ourselves because we're protecting our ego and identity. But if we reflect on lies, we can kill them and live better lives. Yep. I'm reminded of our good old Ray Dalio, which is pain Mm. plus reflection equals progress. Yep. What's your 80-20 for this week, my friend? And again, I'm just going Ray Dalio-centric. He's got one, which is dreams plus reality plus determination equals success. And that's Ray Dalio. And he talks about moving forward through life. That key kicker though is reality. It's vital you view reality as it is, not as you wish or want it to be. Because if you do, then essentially you're going to be making and building a world that doesn't exist in the real one. So focus on what's in the present and what you can control. Ray Dalio, the man has quotes. The man, the myth, the legend, literally, I clearly am a bit of a supporter of his. And that basically wraps up Brain Tools number 39, which is all about lying and self-deception. We hope that you've gotten a few practical things that you can actually leverage throughout your life to help you when it comes to not deceiving yourself and others. Sam, where can people find out more if they would like to? So if you uh, enjoyed the content today, one easy thing you could do is go check out Brain Tools on Instagram, Brain Tools Podcast uh, on LinkedIn. Both Kieran and I are quite active on there or soon to be on TikTok and some other video platforms. So wait out for those. Otherwise, uh, we'll be posting this as a short form episode and more episodes to come from here on out. Sounds like a plan. See you next week.